Set a spark to your integrated business and marketing strategies with America's top entrepreneurs and business leaders here at Integrate and Ignite with your host, Lori Jones. Welcome to the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Ted Mann is the CEO of Slice, a Philadelphia-based startup that is, a, that is the market leader in image recognition and visual search for retail. Slice has created first human-curated and trained computer vision system, which enables Slice's technology to outperform competitors and has led to customers like JCPenney, Neiman Marcus, Best Buy, and Urban Outfitters. Prior to Slice, Ted founded SnipSnap, the first mobile app to let consumers save printed coupons to their smartphone and redeem in-store. At the time, SnipSnap was acquired. It was profitable with 5 million users who redeemed more than 250 million coupons. Welcome to Integrate and Ignite, Ted. Thanks, Lori. Glad to be here. Well, I am glad to chat. I tell you, you are quite the entrepreneur. Tell us more about your journey. I, I guess I'm an entrepreneur kind of late in life. I, uh, I just turned 40 recently. And I you know, I started the my first startup, uh, SnipSnap, was uh, when I was came out of when I was having kids for the first time. And and uh, like a lot of uh, new parents, you know, you want to be a more responsible adult. You want to be a, a good parent to your kids. And uh, one of the areas that my wife would routinely criticize me for was always forgetting to bring coupons into the store. Oh, um, so I had this okay. idea for an app where you could save the coupons right to your phone and started to tap into this, this somewhat nascent technology of image recognition to be able to do that, to be able to basically transform a paper coupon into a mobile coupon right. and extract all the, the structured coupon data just from a picture. And, uh, and so built that app. And that way I started that business about uh, seven years ago. And then, you know, went on to found uh, to, to, to lead Slice, which is a company that specializes in, in image recognition as well, but we do image recognition for products. Um, and so we do, uh, basically you take a picture of anything and we can identify the products within the photo and match that to a retailer's catalog. Yeah, I love it. Especially and when you're you're someone like me and I'm constantly looking at catalogs, shopping, you know, gaining insight and ideas on, you know, fashion trends, whatever it might be, to be able to take a look at something and, and know that your app can get me to the next level of purchase. That is fantastic. Now you have a huge background also in newsrooms. At what point did you know that you wanted to, you know, get out of the newspaper business and really take your entrepreneurial spirit and live it out? Wow, that's a great question. Yeah, I, I worked for about 10 years as a writer and editor at magazines and, and newspapers. I worked for about six years at a big newspaper company called Gannett. And uh, I had kind of an interesting journey there. I, I started as a as a writer and then graduated to become an editor and then over time began working on more and more digital initiatives there and I think it was when I started to kind of incubate these they weren't really startups but they were small businesses within the larger newspaper organization where I was you know crafting the strategy hiring a sales team managing the PL that's where I first started to get a little bit of a taste of what entrepreneurship was I mean it was not the full picture for sure <laughs> um, I didn't totally know what I was getting into but it ultimately gave me enough confidence that I could do this when I had the idea for SnipSnap, um, decided ultimately rather than trying to build that in, inside of the newspaper company, I would uh, I would leave to start it on my own. Well, millions of people are sure glad that you did, by the way. <laughs> Let, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about leadership. You've experienced, you know, as we've just talked about, some huge newsrooms, you know, and, and news directors have a totally different kind of leadership style um, than what I believe to be uh, a, biz a small, nimble 
business owner. Talk to us maybe about some of those differences and ultimately where you've landed with a leadership style that you are comfortable with and motivates your own team. Well, I, I definitely, uh, I give the, the newspapers, at least that I worked for, a lot of credit. I thought that they, you know, they, they were somewhat hamstrung in, in the fact that they didn't have a whole lot of budget to pursue more innovative uh, approaches. But the newspapers that I worked for, I mean, right around the time of Groupon, we had launched already a daily deal product. You know, we launched initiatives in hyperlocal. You know, there, there, there are a lot of like entrepreneurial enterprising people in the, in the, in the newspaper world. So I did, I did, I never felt like stymied, you know, exactly. Um, but I did, you know, it, it was to some degree, I guess, a lack of resources and focus that was probably the biggest challenge that, that we faced in that well, world. And um, I think that they're you know, hand-strung as well. Sometimes yeah. they're so corporate, that ability to pivot, be nimble, think outside the box, they're not afforded. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, you, you run into folks that have been in the industry for such a long time, they're not really looking to try something new. Um, right. But there are a lot of young people as well that, 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 really, that really did try to, try, to, try to push the newspapers to do more things and continue to do that to this day. So I, uh, right. um, I had a really good experience, you know, in, in that world. But um, in starting my own business, you asked, how have you operated differently or, or how has your leadership style been, been different? I mean, honestly, even in the, as a startup, as an independent startup, you know, we do still face the same challenges, you know, that, like I said, like resources and focus. And, you know, oftentimes those two are interconnected where if you are resource constrained, it almost forces you to focus more acutely on specific things. You can't tackle every pro, you know, project, you can't tackle every market or segment. I'm seeing it really, really, really focused. So to give you like a couple examples, you know, in the early days of SnipSnap, we had this grand ambition that our, our coupon app was going to do manufacturer coupons and retailer coupons and, all, and, all, and local coupons. I was going to do everything. And, uh, you know, and very quickly realized that we couldn't boil the ocean. And <laughs> we, we were able to be really, really good at servicing retailer store issued coupons, you know, like the Bed Bath & Beyond big blue coupon or the, you know, the kind of coupons that you redeem at like Toys R Us or Target. But we we couldn't do the manufacturer coupons, the ones that are issued by like General Mills for Cheerios that you could redeem right. anyway. Um, those types of coupons without going too deep into it, they operate differently. And, you know, we just, we had to make a decision, like we're going to just limit our app to only retailer coupons. And that was a good, smart decision. And it enabled us to stay super focused on that category, just going after those specific retailers, not to worry about the brand issued coupons. Undoubtedly, that cut off a big segment of the market. So we, you know, obviously we, we didn't, you know, we couldn't grow into that area, but it did enable us to have the focus that we needed to, to thrive in the, in the, in the retailer issued coupon segment we took on. Well, you've certainly done that. Tell us more about Slice and let's talk in particular about the need of vis visual search and the impact on human behavior. So Slice uh, is a company that that's, uh, we've been in business about five years. And originally the vision for the company was to build a consumer app, you know, just like SnipSnap is a consumer app anybody can download on the app store. We had this idea that Slice would be the same and it would be a, a Shazam for stuff, right? An <laughs> app that you can I'm download. I'm going you on that. Yeah, no, it's... it's, a it's Shazam uh, for stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, so... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's it's a great line, and, uh, and and sadly was not something that we could immediately realize as a as a full blown product because to do that really well to to really truly be the Shazam for stuff uh, w was going to require us to work with a lot of retailers, build a big fairly scalable technology, and um, what we learned in the early days was in talking to retailers, they were excited about that vision, 
but even more excited about the idea of using our technology inside of their own apps and websites rather than somebody else's app in the retail app or retailer's website immediately. And I think a lot of that was driven by what Amazon was doing at the time. Amazon had launched uh, a smartphone that was, you know, the, the key point was that, was that it had this camera search function. Right. And retailers were genuinely spooked by that. Side note, that phone ended up not being successful, but Amazon's camera search has been very successful. And, and at least as a function inside of the Amazon app, it's been, it's been very popular. We began working with a few retailers at the time. We started in fashion and apparel, working with companies like uh, Neiman Marcus and JCPenney and powering uh, what we, you know, we uh, often refer to as visual search. Some people also call it camera search and basically enabling you to use the camera feature inside of the retail to be able to take a picture of anything and identify it. And what, you know, that, that can mean, actually can mean a bunch of different things. So um, that can mean scanning a barcode. It can mean scanning a, a catalog that you get in the mail. And in probably the coolest, sexiest incarnation of the technology, it can mean taking a picture of something you see on the street, on TV, in your friend's house, take a picture of something and immediately identify it and find it and buy it. That's so cool. It really is, uh, you know, really going to change the way people think and shop. And, you know, it's all about making the experience easy or easier, right? And your uh, solution certainly does not. I, you know, I want to roll up our, our sleeves a little bit and pivot here and talk more about, you know, the, the behind the scenes curtain, what you've done to really build the brand You've mentioned some very, very big companies, you know, what you did ultimately to bring them on board. So we're going to talk a lot about marketing and sales next, uh, you know, regarding your own business. We know mm -hmm. that good strategy starts uh, with differentiation and, and positioning and, and messaging. What have you done? It's, it's a crowded space. What have you done to truly develop a position that differentiates you and builds uh, the top of mind awareness that ultimately leaves, leads to sales? Yeah, so it is. It, it, visual search as a technology is you know, very hot right now. It's, uh, um, it's, you know, it's one where there are a lot of startups uh, that are vying for attention. Um, we've been successful in, in that we have 50 major US retailers that license our technology that power camera search function in their apps. So we have by far and away more traction than any other company in the market. And when you ask sort of why is that or how do we get to there? I, I think it is, you know, there is a, a degree of marketing involved, but I think probably the thing that's been the most effective for us is that we've, from a technology standpoint, we have ensured that we have the most accurate solution in the market. I can walk through the tech a little bit if you'd like. And then sure. I think related to that is, is we've also, it's, we, we don't think it's just enough to be super accurate. We think it's also incredibly important that you create great experiences. And that's both the experience of recognizing a product, right? That sort of like that Shazam-like magic, you know, delivering right. an experience that, that, that gets you there. And then once you do recognize a product, having an experience or having a use case that, that can solve an, an actual retail problem. Because honestly, if it's just, if it's just sort of like whiz-bang technology for technology's sake, you know, you know, people might try it once, but they're never going to use it again. You have to be solving an actual problem that people see when they go out and they're in the store, when they're at home on a regular basis. That's where I think we've really emphasized a lot and I can walk through some of the problems that we've solved, but that's, that's been our, our approach. 
Yeah, I love it. And you say technology for technology's sake. The real deal behind a product ultimately is why people, you know, and, and, and as you've defined, the problem that product defines is what ultimately people will purchase, right? And it does not matter what you're marketing, what you're selling. If it is the real deal, it's going to work. We talk a lot about that with creative too. Creative for creative sake does not work. You can't, you know, push creative out to raise top of mind awareness, you know, with a punk rocker and pink hair to stop people to look without it having relevancy to what you're marketing. So how have you ensured that you don't get sidelined, that you don't get pushed into so many different directions that you ultimately stay the course that you know is going to benefit the customers and continue to differentiate? Well, I mean, the the, the funny thing about what our experience has been is that we don't always know what the solution should be. You know, and this is this is going to sound a little counterintuitive, but you know, we oftentimes we do have retailers that will integrate visual search and that will launch it, and will have maybe they do have an idea at first, like oh, we think this will be you know we think this will be a, a, a you know an experience where people take a picture of something and identify it and immediately purchase it, and then we deploy it in the retailer and we see that that maybe that's not happening. I'll give a couple examples and uh, to sort of uh, uh, give a little bit of foreshadowing that what, what, what I, what I, what we've learned is that even if, even if the specific use case that you set out to solve isn't one that maybe works or resonates with your customers, it's important to look at how people use the technology and see, is there something, is there some other problem that you can be solving that's even more interesting? So like, one example is Home Depot. So Home Depot integrated our technology into their their app. They have a, a very successful, very large app. And after a little while of beta testing, they put the camera function right on the home screen of the app. They saw that it was extremely accurate. They thought, oh, this is a cool feature. People will use it. And what we found was that people weren't commonly you know, identifying a product and then purchasing. And at first we thought this is terrible. Like we have low conversion rates. This is a bad thing. But we dug in a little bit and we looking at First, we looked at where are the photographs being taken. Right. And we noticed that they're all being taken in store. They're all being taken inside of a Home Depot. Well, not all, but like something like 70 or 80% were taking place inside of a Home Depot store. I thought that's pretty interesting. And we, had a, we have a partner called Zebra that makes Home Depot's uh, store associate devices. And Zebra helped us look at you know, what devices were the people, what were the photographs being taken on? And we realized that many of them were being taken on Android devices, specifically these store associate devices. Right. And, what we, and then we started to audit some of the images that were being submitted to better understand what was happening. And you know what we found, Lori? What? We found that almost all of these photographs were being taken by store associates in store. Store associates looking to help consumers identify products and where they're located. So people would come in with plumbing parts, nuts, bolts, who's he, what's it. And they'd be like, I need another one of these. What is it? Yeah. And and have you ever had this experience? I mean, most of the stuff at Home Depot, it's like, I don't know what that's called. Like it's a, it's a, it's a gasket or a, (laughs) you know, a a, a part, you know, I don't don't know what it is. So you, you know, and again, even the most trained store associates aren't going to be able to identify everything that the store sells. 
So they well, would simply take a photograph and use it. And, and basically Home Depot has a really cool wayfinding function where you can literally just get like a term turn map inside the store to exactly where it's located. So they've taken it a step further, which is amazing. I love that. I love it when good, solid, heads up, thinking, research, listening leads to new market channels. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, and for their uh, sales reps to be utilizing it firsthand in-house is a great, or not even sales reps, uh, they're, you know, they're technicians, whatever associates, you call them, yeah. they're associates. Yeah. I mean, that's such a great B2B strategy. Yeah. I and you know, that. what's also interesting that we saw is, is the same as store associates were using the, the, the technology at checkout. So what, what you, uh, what you see happen all happen all the time at, at a store like Home Depot is that the, the, the products, especially the smaller parts, they lose the barcode, right? The mm -hmm. tag falls off. So people will come up and there's no tag on the product. How do you ring that up? Yeah. How do you make sure you're ringing up the right version, the right product? The um, big so question is, were they introducing also. people to Snip Snap too? <laughs> no, sadly, no. no, no. Not, not, a big, not a big couponer there. Um, oh, well, well, talk well, speaking of big couponers, I'll give you, can I give you one more example? Sure. So Bed Bath & Beyond, which, you know, side note, great couponer. Uh, if you want a Bed Bath & Beyond coupon, you can go on Snip Snap and get that. Um, but they, they used uh, Slice Visual Search as well. And it was, it was a similar kind of discovery experience where they launched the technology. We saw that the usage was growing, you know, just like Home Depot is growing, going up, 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 up. But people weren't checking out. People weren't adding carts to their products, to their cart and purchasing. And we thought, just like we did with Home Depot, wow, is this, this, is, this is not good. Like, this is, this is what we wanted them to do. So why aren't they doing that? So we dug in a little bit deeper and looked at the, the data. And you know what we found out that people were doing? What? They're adding products to their wedding registry or their oh, baby registry. Interesting. And we I found that it. they were basically using search as an alternative to the kind of like, like laser scanners that, that, that you can go around the store with, you know, to build your, yeah, build your wedding list. It. So they were basically doing this kind of cool version of list building. And they were just, they have a good registry function in their mobile app. And they were using it as a way to populate the registry. That is fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. it's, you know, I think it's, it's all, you know, and, and you know, uh, they are now refining the experience and trying to make that flow a little bit better so that it's, so you can, you know, you can do it more rapidly and you can use barcode scanning or catalog scanning to do registry as well. Um, but I think, you know, those two examples show that like, just cause the, you know, you think the technology will be really good for this, you know, you got to be open to seeing how people use it, where it's solving problems. And, you know, I wouldn't say, go so far as to say that Home Depot had a store associate problem or Bed Bath had a registry problem, but clearly the technology is enabling some cool new experiences for both associates and for, for registry that they, you know, that we didn't know existed. That's great. Now, when we talked, we, you and I actually met uh, at the IRCE show and we were chit-chatting away over a, a, a cup of coffee. And by the way, my son loves his socks. So thank you for that. <laughs> 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 and we were talking about the integrated marketing program that you've deployed. And, you know, talk to us more about that. And, and you have never used paid media. Uh, I want to learn, I'd like our audience to learn a little bit more about why not paid media as well. Well, that's, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's not because I'm not a believer in paid media. In fact, the, the, the app Snip Snap that we, we've referred to, I spent a ton of money on, on uh, Facebook install ads and other paid media. I was 
very big believer in that. Um, Slice, though, as a, as a B2B software as a service product, we are typically finding that the primary buyers of this technology are the digital leaders of the retailers. And, you know, could we reach them with LinkedIn ads or some other, you know, format? Probably. But we've just put much more of an emphasis on getting introductions from other, other retailers. I'd venture that most of our clients actually came from an existing retailer introducing us or, you know, going to trade shows and being able to demo the technology to them uh, face-to-face. So that's where we've spent a lot more of our time and energy at Slice. Well, and I love it because that's a true sales strategy and that's where, you know, the owned media bucket, if, if you take a look at the four quadrants that really build an integrated plan, owned, earned, shared and paid, there's a reason why we put paid last, right? It's the most expensive and, you know, it is the, the last thing you should consider in, from our point of view, especially in B2B when you're building, building that brand, the owned approaches, the sales approaches, the website, the brand, uh, direct mail, trade show, all of those elements that fit within owned are you know, pri- of primary importance in really developing and backing up the sales team with what they need to do their job. And then, you know, you just inch your way around, you know, those quadrants ultimately with shared and, and earned and ultimately leading to paid um, is typically how we're approaching, especially companies in startup phase. It's different, you know, if you've got a huge series A round and, you know, you've got an infusion of cash for marketing, uh, you can certainly, you know, implement strong paid strategies with that. But out of the shoot, I think it's a real smart uh, plan that you've got going. Cool. Thanks, Lori. <laughs> now, um, let's talk more about the sales strategies. I think all too often people try to be all things to all people. You, you mentioned the fact that you were able to kind of um, take a little bit more of a vertical approach early on uh, with some, some research. Share with us uh, some of the best practices surrounding your sales approach and really what has worked best for you. We found that, that, that we, when, we, when we launched Slice, uh, we couldn't go after every single uh, retail category. You know, again, talking about that sort of meaning of focus. So we started in fashion and apparel and went after the, the U.S. retailers to start. We didn't go, uh, we actually didn't even expand internationally until this year, year five. So we, we, we stayed focused on, on U.S. fashion for a good while then gradually began to expand out and signed up Home Depot and Best Buy and um, retailers in some other categories. So we've been able to, you know, do that. Um, the other kind of important thing that we do on the sales side is we have kind of like a land and expand approach. So we usually try to launch a retailer with a minimum just one of our visual search services. Um, right. Typically it's, it's our product recognition. And then we begin after we launch with them on that and they see success and see results we're able to talk to them about expanding to do, say, catalog scanning or to use our technology on their e-commerce website to do find similar or um, one of the other one of the other use cases. Um, so we've we've you, we've taken that approach and, and it's worked pretty well. Well, it obviously had. Do you, do you recall you know that aha moment that you had when you said, okay, we finally have this nailed. We know precisely how we want to sell. We know precisely what the messaging is. We're here. I think I've had several of those moments, and it's and it's oftentimes each additional retail category when we begin to expand in it, and we start to unlock what those opportunities are. Like when we were doing, like I talked about Bed Bath and Beyond, right, and the list building. We've just begun working in grocery, 
um, and we have a few grocery retailers that were interested in that list building experience as well. But in grocery, it's a little bit different um, where you need to solve some additional additional problems that you might not have inside of a Bed Bath & Beyond. Right. And um, without going too deep, yeah, I've, I've had that moment several times. And, and in grocery, I think we just had that kind of aha moment with our initial pilot grocery customers. And it's really exciting. I mean, when you reach that moment where you're like, wow, I, we can do this better than anybody else is currently doing it. And we can replace what they currently have with something far superior. And to boot, if we do it well enough in their app, this is the kind of technology that, that could transform their whole self-checkout scan-and-go experience in the stores too. And so we, we, you know, we've had several of those experiences. We, you know, we had it in fashion, we had it in hardware, and we're having it now in grocery. And it's, it's really exciting. It's such a great topic, uh, visual search. What importance do you feel retailers are placing on visual search at this you know, stage of you know, product entry? And where do you feel it's going to go? I think when we first launched, it was kind of, it was kind of like a novelty. Um, I think at this point, it has become table stakes. Like you have right. to have a visual search strategy. And you know, the, the forecasts are that by 20, I think it's 2020, visual and voice search is expected to be 50% of the search market. Wow. Which I know that's like right around the corner and that sounds crazy. But when you look at the growth numbers that we're seeing, and I've seen the growth numbers for, for voice search as well, I don't think it's, I don't think it's crazy at all. And, you know, you see now that, 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 that the phone manufacturers are incorporating camera search, visual search in at the OEM level, right? So in the camera mode of the Samsung phones, in the LG phones, in the Google phones, there is a, a, a visual search function now. Right. You can, you can switch from panorama mode to shopping mode. And, and when you're in that, you can, you can use the same technology that we license to retailers. I think you're going to see that that is just going to continue to explode. Um, so it won't just be, you know, the Neiman Marcus and Nordstrom's and Home Depot's of the world doing the visual search. You'll start to, I mean, you, you can already see that it's the Samsung's and the Pinterests and the Ebays, you'll be able to see this technology really everywhere. You know, how will the small retailers, which is 90% of retail out there, right? Um, they may have started out on Etsy and, and they're graduating into perhaps their own storefronts, you know, and, and ultimately, you know, in-store product will be a part of their strategy. How do you, how will you be able to adapt to some of those smaller retailers out there? Well, I think, you know, the smaller retailers adapting technology like visual search is, is much like, you know, how have they adapted to, you know, having a web presence, having uh, the, you know, tapping into voice search, you know, it's just like, it doesn't make sense for every, every mom and pop re retailer to have their own website. Um, certainly, I don't think it makes a ton of sense for small retailers to go to the trouble of building like an Alexa skill or a, or a camera search function or an app, I think they're going to have to figure out how can we work with one of the existing larger players, right? So you mentioned like Etsy. How do right. we work with a marketplace like that? Or how do we get our product listed on Spring or one of these other like marketplace apps? And, you know, and I think probably part of what should influence their decision about where to, where to promote their product is how discoverable is it going to be? And if a retailer has um, has a visual search function, that's you know that's just one more discovery mechanism, right? Right. So in in like eBay, for example, um, eBay has a robust visual search discovery function. 
You know, Amazon has a robust voice search discovery function and, and visual search to boot. So when you pick the platform that you're going to be on, I think that that should be certainly a factor in your, your decision making. Well, I tell you, Ten Man, I have so enjoyed our conversation today. You are quite the entrepreneur, and I love the fact that you are always, always striving for the best when it comes to a great customer experience. You set it yourself. Ensure you have product accuracy, creating a great experience. Thank you so much for your appearance on the Integrate and Ignite podcast. Thanks for having me, Larry. This episode is complete, but the inspiration has just begun. Head over to avocetcommunications.com for show notes and more aha moments. Tune in regularly to ignite your integrated business and marketing strategies with Lori Jones and the Integrate and Ignite podcast.